You're listening to the free version of the Fight to Repair podcast. To hear our full interview, consider becoming a premium subscriber to Fight to Repair. An annual subscription is just $5 a month and gives you early access to our original reporting and exclusive access to our full-length podcasts and interviews. You also get access to premium events, including live interviews with leading figures in the Right to Repair movement and in-person events. To learn more, go to fighttorepair.news. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fight to Repair podcast. For those of you who are new, I'm Paul Roberts, publisher of the Fight to Repair newsletter and the host of this episode of Fight to Repair podcast. In this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Kyle Weens, the co-founder and CEO of iFixit, the world's largest repair website. Kyle joined me in the Fight to Repair studio to talk about a request that iFixit and the group Public Knowledge made to the U.S. Copyright Office a few days earlier. They're seeking exemptions to Section 1201 of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, or DMCA, 25-year-old law that makes it a federal crime to circumvent software locks used to protect copyrighted material. In their filing, iFixit and Public Knowledge seek a blanket 1201 exemption for commercial machinery. And to underscore their point about the obstacles that manufacturers erect to service and repair, they single out one semi-famous piece of wonky and hard-to-repair equipment, the McFlurry soft ice cream machines used in McDonald's restaurants and manufactured by Taylor, a leading maker of soft ice cream equipment. In this conversation, Kyle and I talk about the puzzling case of McDonald's failure-prone ice cream machines. And Kyle and I talk about the bigger challenges that Section 1201 creates for commercial equipment owners who are looking for affordable and convenient repair options to keep their businesses operating. I started out by asking Kyle to tell us a little bit about iFixit and about his history advocating for exemptions to DMCA Section 1201. Hey, welcome back. We are uh, doing a Fight to Repair podcast here. And uh, I'm your host for this episode, Paul Roberts. I'm the editor-in-chief of Fight to Repair News, founder of Secure Repairs. And I'm here with the amazing Kyle Leeds, co-founder of iFixit and prime mover in the Right to Repair movement. Kyle, welcome back to Fight to Repair podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to chat about this. Kyle, just for our viewers, just tell us a little bit about yourself and I fix it just introduce yourself for folks who aren't familiar with the whole with all that you've done and I fix it absolutely I fix it is the open collaborative repair guide for everything our goal is to teach everyone how to fix all the stuff that they have sometimes it's easy to fix things sometimes it's hard we make it as easy as possible within the constraints of the situation we're in we're advocating to make the world more fixable sometimes that means we encourage manufacturers to design more repair friendly products and sometimes that means we identify just flat out obstacles that can wear. Most of the time, as much as we talk about right to repair, you generally, you can open things up. And if you put in the work and the elbow grease, you can find a way to fix it. But there is a particular law that makes certain types of repairs just flat out illegal. And that is a byproduct of some piracy laws that they passed back in the 90s called the DMCA. So there's a section of the DMCA, section 1201 that causes us all kinds of problems and is the reason that we're talking about ice cream machines today. Yeah, so we had you in end of a big week and one of the big stories that came out this week got a lot of media attention 
was an effort by uh, iFixit and Public Knowledge who, who paired up to file a, a, a request for an exemption uh, to repair McFlurry ice cream machines by Taylor Corporation, which for those of you who don't know, are the um, source of your McFlurries at Mike, Mike, McDonald's restaurants. They are the basically the hardware that is used to make uh, soft ice cream uh, at McDonald's. One of the things about Section 1201, it basically makes it illegal to to circumvent a software law. And unlike many other laws, it doesn't record, it doesn't include any fair use exemption. So most laws say it's, you're doing something, it's illegal in this context, but in this different context, it's not illegal. If you're doing repair, if it's your own thing, DMCA doesn't make any distinction um, between whether you're repairing something or trying to hack into it to pirate a movie or a game or something. And that's caused all kinds of problems. But there is this exemption process. So could you just walk our, our listeners through if they're not familiar with this whole process? Yeah. So Congress knew when they were doing this that it was problematic. There were a lot of people complaining about it. And so they built an escape hatch into the law. So bubble one says you can't circumvent a lock co- governing access to a copyrighted work. In this case, the copyrighted work is the software on our stuff. The software inside the ice cream machine, the software inside your phone. So the escape hatch is they said, okay, we know it's We're not getting 100% of the cases. So will the Copyright Office play kind of judge, jury, and executioner on this? And every three years, the Copyright Office will run a rulemaking process, which is a formal thing that the federal government can do, where they decide what things are legal to work on and what things are are not, where you can break laws. And so ever since 1998, every three years, the Copyright Office holds this basically big judicial proceeding where people will go and they'll apply and say, hey, I'd like to be able to do this thing. And then opposition the big companies say no that would be terrible the sky would fall if people could break that lock and we have the debate and then the copyright office decides so the area where this impacts your life today you may not realize this is with your cell phone so whether you can unlock your phone and move it from at&t to verizon is dependent on breaking a lock it's a it's the phone is locked to a carrier and you need to break the lock on the baseband the baseband does software and software is copyrighted so it's under 1201 and for a while, the Copyright Office was denying exemptions to be able to uh, unlock cell phones. So the U.S. was the only country in the world where it was illegal to move your phone. You're a soldier. You want to go overseas. You couldn't unlock your phone legally ahead of time. So back in 2012, we passed a law that, that, that overrode the Copyright Office and, and legalized this. But this just shows how much power the Copyright Office has. And so I've been involved in the process really since that. So for over a decade now. Every three years, going to the copyright office and asking for the ability to tinker with our stuff. And one of the things you we won in and this is again a triennial process. But one of the things you run in Alaska through was a, was a broad right to repair personal electronics, right? So instead of having to come with every ver- different variation of personal electronics, and there are tens of thousands of them, you got a just blanket exemption for personal electronics. But this. Taylor thing, it's not a consumer yeah. electronics. It's a commercial uh, machine, basically. Those, I'm guessing, were not covered by that. That's right. Going back to the last 12 years I've been doing the rulemaking process, they'll say, we'll give you a, an exemption for unlocking cell phones, but not tablets. And then they gave us for tablets, but not laptops. We're like, well, laptops can have a SIM card. And so as we have gone back to the copyright office and pointed out the futility of slicing and dicing the world into small pieces, they realized that was a little bit silly. And so last time, they said, right, rather than just giving you cell phones or tablets, we'll give you all consumer devices. 
The problem is consumer devices excludes commercial and industrial devices. And we're not just applying on behalf of the McDonald's ice cream machine, although that's fun to talk about. We're actually applying literally for all commercial and industrial equipment. So this is the big expensive right. air conditioner on the roof of your building. It's right. a drilling rig that they would use out on an oil rig. It could be big, heavy, expensive industrial equipment. The entire world of commercial industrial equipment is what we're applying for. So the, the same type of blanket, you know, exemption or that you got for personal electronics, you're looking for commercial equipment. Do, do you call out the Taylor ice cream machine in the, in the we filing? Did. We did. Okay. Yeah. We're applying for all commercial industrial equipment. Uh, ice cream machine is a subset of that. But of course, ice cream machines are interesting for a number of reasons. One is everyone has suffered through this of trying to get an ice cream at McDonald's and the machine not operating. And it turns out that there's a whole system and complicated reason why. But underlying this fundamentally is that Taylor and McDonald's are engaging in a little bit of a conspiracy against the, uh, the local franchise owners and are, are intentionally going out of the way to make it hard to operate and repair these ice cream machines. This is something that's gotten a lot of attention. And Andy Greenberg at Wired wrote a really amazing article, I think back in 2021, about Kitsch, which was a startup that had a device to basically interpret um, what was going on with these Taylor ice cream machines um, and, and help McDonald's franchisees troubleshoot them and service them. And long story short, basically, McDonald's and Taylor got together and basically pushed Kitsch out of business. McDonald's sent an email around to their franchisees, basically saying, if you use this Kitsch hardware, you're violating Taylor's warranty and you're putting your employees at risk of physical harm and you should stop using it. Um, so, and that was, in essence, that was that for Kitsch. It resulted in a lawsuit that's still working its way still through the going. courts. Um, so one of the things that iFixit did, which was really interesting, is in addition to filing these DMCA exemptions, you also got one of these McFlurry machines and broke it down, Did a just took it apart as you do, as iFixit does with all kinds of different electronics, and figured out what's inside it and how it works. And so what did you find? And did you find any um, evidence that, in fact, there was a, a real danger to physical safety in servicing these soft ice cream machines? Man, these, this thing is complicated. I, I feel for the, the poor McDonald's crew members having to deal with this thing. The, the broken esoteric error messages, really what the Kitsch app does, it's like Bluetooth dongle on board and it connects to the, to the device. It's almost just a friendlier user interface onto the error messages and what's going on. It helps interpret the machine. My, my guys, when they were going through and they were trying to read and parse through the Taylor repair manual, the first thing they did once they figured it out is they came to me and said, hey, can we just rewrite their manuals in English? Because this, it, and, and I talked with the Kitsch guy and I told him that I was, I, I had one of these things we were going to try to use. He says, all right, call me in a week when you're in tears and you haven't figured it out and I'll start giving you hints. <laughs> uh, it, it's complicated. This is hard and it's unnecessarily hard, right? I mean, it's just an ice cream machine. How complicated can it be? They have found a way to make it complicated and hard. And, and so I think you, you run into this across the whole world of commercial industrial equipment where the company who made it wasn't, weren't user interface designers. Maybe someone else comes along, wants to make it better. Can I? Not with, without permission from the original manufacturer. So the manual piece, of course, you can do. 
And that's how iFixit got started was creating user manuals for all these MacBooks and stuff that didn't really have them and, and service manuals for all these devices where the manufacturer had stopped doing or refused to make a service manual. But the bigger question and your teardown was what's causing these things to break all the time? And there's a site, McBroken, that actually tracks all the inoperable ice cream machines, McFlurries, all over the country. And I just looked at it Thursday night when I was writing a piece for Fight to Repair. I think it was more than 12% nationally were down. And in cities like Seattle, it was something like 37% of all the ice cream machines were inoperable yeah, at the moment. I'm looking right now, 26%. So one in four ice cream machines in New York City is down right now. Yeah. As we speak. So what's cool about this site, just to take it aside. Uh, just to be clear, just to be clear, hold on. In the, in the sort of commercial machinery world, you really talk about five nines reliability, like 99.99999. That is the ideal. So we're talking it's about zero nines. 75% reliability, <laughs> right? 65%. It's mind blowing. You've been listening to a free version of Fight to Repair podcast. To hear our full interview, consider becoming a premium subscriber to Fight to Repair. An annual subscription is just $5 a month and gives you early access to our original reporting and exclusive access to our full-length podcasts and interviews. You also get access to premium events, including live interviews with leading figures in the right to repair movement and in-person events. To learn more, go to fighttorepair.news.